0: Hey, everybody, it is Thought Crime Saturday. I arrive a little bit late to this discussion, but it gets really good. We have an in-depth, amazing conversation about the vice president. We talk about uh, the young man who burned himself because of the Palestine, alleged Palestine-Israeli war, not alleged, but alleged Palestine. Free Palestine, said. We talk about some other really controversial and fun stuff, so email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com, and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. And uh, start a high school or college chapter today. So email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk
1: is on the college campus. I
0: want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk.
1: Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks.
0: and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com.
1: This week's edition of Thought Crime. Jack Posobiec here. Your host, Charlie Kirk, is on his way. I'm here in Washington, D.C., where it was a little bit cold today, uh, but we're going to talk a little bit about some ways that the local residents are using to heat themselves this week on the cold, cold streets of Washington, D.C., but joining me back in studio over in warm and sunny Phoenix, we've got Blake and we've got Tyler. What's up, guys? Howdy, Jack. What's up, Jack? You're staying warm. What, what, what is the weather like? I, I, it's, I honestly know it's like 38 and we had a crazy windstorm uh, all, all last night um, throughout the night. So I constantly kept getting woken up in the middle of the night thinking that, uh, thinking that people were like breaking into the house and, or, or that the kids were running around. So uh, let's just say the Second Amendment was well exercised.
2: Well, it is a chilly 72 degrees here. So that's why I'm wearing a jacket. It's freezing, freezing. <laughs> Literally a got a jacket We had a couple of clouds yesterday. It was terrible.
3: Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about I'm thinking about this proverb I heard once, Jack, which is if you start a man a fire, he'll be warm for an evening, but if you set a man on fire, he'll be warm for the rest of his life. And that that of course gets into our first topic as as we've been alluding to here. Uh I call him Colonel Crispy. I don't know if others have their own nicknames for this fellow, but it's been a surprisingly uh, long lived story. I saw a lot of predictions when it happened that this was a super pointless gesture because our media cycle is so fast that if you do a stupid kill yourself stunt, everyone will move on within 24 hours. But this uh, this bushnell guy, he's made it. uh looks well, like a solid let's, week.
1: Let's let's, uh, let's let's give some context before we before we start. You know, uh, uh, getting into the thought crimes of it because. In a sense, this was a, a thought crime, which became a sort of uh, physical crime, an actual crime in the real world, where, so this, we we are going to play a video, and, and many people have seen this and heard of this story where a young airman, so active duty Air Force member, a guy who, by the way, was an intelligence analyst, intelligence analyst in the, uh, in the United States military working on Fort Meade, which is not far away from Washington, D.C., decided to protest the war in Gaza, Israel's war in Gaza, by going to the Israeli embassy and lighting himself on fire. And so I'll throw a warning out that if you have young people watching right now, um, you should probably just kind of turn this off for the next... uh, I think about the next ten minutes or so. If you want to skip the topic completely, uh, definitely for the next minute, because we are going to play the video. And as a reminder, and I see folks in the chat saying this, that yes, it is still Lent, and I must, uh, I must keep my promise to not be mean to anyone online during Lent. So can't be mean about the story in any way. Blake, uh, I, I assume will be will be picking up the slack. Right, okay. So without further ado, let's play cut one one eight.
3: I was watching this with uh, some family members the other day and they they did point out it's it's not the best look for the local police to whip out their gun and point it at the guy who's 100% on fire and, and screaming It t- didn't seem like the most useful response but it's also pretty un- unusual to run into someone just setting themselves on fire so I'm not sure what I would do in that. Yeah,
1: you never you do never know because um I'll, I'll say this from someone who's run, um, you know, security operations and, and been in the military that it, when you're in a situation like that, you never know what's going to come next. Uh, you don't know if this guy had a, a suicide device on him. You don't know if he's going to get up and start attacking you. you. You don't know what's going to happen. And so if you're a security officer and your job is to protect the security of the consulate or, uh, you know, just the people who are walking around or the embassy, I think it is the embassy, um, It you know, that would certainly be following the training and maybe that actually and by the way at the same time protecting the first responder who's going in to try to help because in washington dc of all places this wouldn't be the first time that there had been a fire and someone tried to attack the person who was putting it out
3: absolutely absolutely and of course the bigger thing here that that's really interesting is just the the meta responses to it uh one of the big ones that happened over the last he did oh uh, i will
1: throw out that um uh, just for anyone who still doesn't know the story um you know, he did end up passing away so he died from not immediately but from um i think it was, i think it was actually just 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 a totality of injuries later on that evening he didn't wait he didn't die on the spot no he didn't die on the spot they actually got him to the hospital
2: how did they get it? how did they put him out i think they had fire extinguishers well, eventually
1: yeah i don't know no no there is a fire ex- maybe we we may have clipped it off Wait, that's um, but there horrible. Is, so
2: he, wait, he, he was... There is
1: a fire extinguisher that... Did we... I forget if we played or not. But yeah, there's... Um, oh, okay. So we have the longer... Do you guys want to play clip 119? So this 119, it's without the audio. But towards the end of it, you can see it has the... Yeah, let's go ahead and play it. Because at the end of it, it has the... Um. What Blake is talking about, there's this... It's hard to tell. I think it's like someone from Embassy Security... Who does have a firearm uh that comes out and then someone else who seems to be an emergency support that has um that has the fire extinguisher that's putting them out so right you've got sort of the gun and the person with the fire extinguisher at the same time
3: well if it makes you feel better tyler if you have third degree burns it stops hurting because you burn away the pain yeah i mean he must that's right
2: he must have been in a coma until he died
3: right i I don't know i'm not an expert yeah it's unlikely
2: it's unlikely he was conscious he, I mean, it's very unlikely. I mean just but still the the excru- excruciating pain of oh, the, oh they put him out. Wow.
1: Okay, so you haven't seen this video. All right, no, well I that's, that's that. why I I'm glad the word that thing. we're that we're showing this.
2: I agree with You've got
1: police that are showing up. Um this area of DC um does have a lot of police in it as as a regular basis, on a regular basis. I remember when I worked in Capitol Hill, if there was ever an incident, um there's certain you know problem areas, obviously the Israeli embassy has been since, you know, really since October 7th has been a place that has higher security, higher police presence, just because of the hostilities. Um, and, but I remember the, you know, on Capitol Hill, the police response was incredible. It was like, like three minutes, four minutes, you'd have people there. Wow. Yeah. So obviously, oh, and, and we should also say um, that uh, one piece of information. So I remember when I first saw the video on Twitter, I was like, I was wondering, how do we have the video? Because Obviously, he did not upload the video himself later. And it turns out that when I dug into it, he went and so this guy, full fledged member of Antifa, uh, full fledged Antifa supporter, while currently serving in the military. Um, Blake, I'll have a question for you about that in a minute, um, but had been had participated in numerous Antifa events in the past. And he was actually an active Twitch user. And so this video of himself and there's a whole other aspect to this that we have to talk about where he actually did this essentially to go viral because he was live streaming to his Twitch account uh, when he killed himself. And that's how we have the video of it. Oh, no way. Well, we've got I mean, people live
3: stream everything now. I think we've we're at more than one mass shooting that's been live streamed. So multiple. we, We definitely live in the age of one suicide you know going as viral as possible in a very macabre way
1: but man this i mean i can't think of any suicide that's that's gone this big before not not like this
3: well the last the other famous guy to self-immolate got on the cover of a rage against the machine album so maybe this guy will get on the inside of a re-release on vinyl or something he'll get but
2: he may he may end up uh Tattooed on someone's face, yeah.
3: But so to but to get into the bigger, big picture thought crime elements of it. So first of all, one of the funniest outcomes of this after it happened is obviously a lot of people on the left really support the cause Bushnell was killing himself over, and so they wanted to have a positive response. So some people said, uh, "Rest in power, Aaron Bushnell." Uh, Aaron Bushnell was the guy's name. I'm not sure if we ever said that. And so they say, "Rest in power," which is the same thing they've said about. Uh, George Floyd, um, Trayvon Martin, a lot of those kind of BLM-caused celebs. And this caused backlash because several people were saying, you can't say rest in power for Aaron Bushnell because that's actually a, a phrase you should only use uh, for, for, black, for black people who are killed. Now, I will note Aaron Bushnell did become black, but they don't seem to be recognizing that transition. So, for example... We have this image, some random Twitter user. Uh, Can we not use this phrase on white men, please? I get the sentiment, but rest in power is historically used to mourn black people who were killed by hate crimes and police. And that's been a somewhat common response. And so there is a very, it feels like something out of a black comedy or something where this guy literally kills himself to get cred with the left. And instead, they complain about whether, you know, they're using the right terms in their <laughs> perpetual, you know, grievance hierarchy. I'm sorry.
2: I've tried so hard to not laugh this entire time, but it's like it is so out of control. Ridiculous. The what they did to this guy afterwards. Like the fact that they were questions, <laughs> you
3: know, I, I didn't make a Lenten promise to not laugh at people on the Internet. So I, I'm going to embrace it. Yes, he died. But some deaths are funny and there's a lot about this death that is funny and it's grim too i wish he had not made the decisions in his life that led to him making this decision
2: becoming the stay puff marshmallow man
3: yeah but you know he chose to do a dumb thing in in the service of a cause i will note that is repugnant as well he he did this in like to support uh, palestine in the context of hamas just went and murdered a thousand people, and is then throwing this butt hurt temper tantrum that Israel didn't take this very well, and is bombing well, them. And
1: they're all like, oh, don't bomb Here's all an aspect there. to ask about this: What are we to make of the fact that this was a guy who, as far as we know, was was not Muslim? So I don't think there was a religious aspect here that that could come out. So I don't know. But what do we make of the fact? That This guy is a U.S. Air Force member in the United States who's not directly involved in the conflict, uh, presumably doesn't have any family members who are involved in the conflict, yet he's willing to become so radicalized by something that he basically got into online over it. When you don't have people who like, I don't know, live in the region or any of these jihadist organizations that are like literally right there. You know, either operating throughout the Sinai, Muslim Brotherhood and others, or like Hezbollah that are even getting involved. I think the leader of Hezbollah came out and said something like, oh, we're monitoring the situation. And you don't have anybody that's doing things like this in the region. And you get this guy who says, well, I'm going to go viral on Twitch to uh, to show people how hardcore I am. Well, with
3: the I will say with the Islamic angle of it where they're closer to it, they definitely do a lot of suicide stuff, but they can do what's more – effective suicide, if you will. You know, you do a suicide bombing. You you wear a suicide vest. You ride on a paraglider to attack a concert full of hippies. And this, you know, you're less able to do that. And I think it also goes against a lot of our moral intuitions. It is bad to do something like that. Whereas we do have a long tradition of, of protest. And I guess it doesn't immediately get to me what people have different responses to this because my personal moral intuition is that it is not heroic to kill yourself purely to purely as a stunt but clearly some people like disagree. did this work
1: did bb did netanyahu come out and say oh my gosh i i watched this terrible video it's it's what was i thinking it's all I'm, it, you know definitely everybody didn't pull back or over now
3: it didn't work with him but i do think there's a sense that there are a decent number of normies or normal ish people who seem awed by this, who seem in some way impressed that this person was so committed to it that it in some sense boosted the cause or, or you know, gave well, him raised awareness or something like that. Well, I mean, here's but here's the
2: reality and like everything I was thinking about. There's no way this guy had this idea on his own.
1: Right? I think he might have had this idea on his own. You think so?
2: Yeah. So some of the Americans it, so, no, no, no.
1: Somebody did this in December. Um, there was a girl. I just looked this really? up before the show. Yeah, there was a girl who and it was reported, but it wasn't live streamed. And I don't have it in front of me. I have something else in front of me. Yeah, but, but where did she get I think idea? it was at like the con was yeah. I think it was at the consulate in well, there's there's a history of people, you know, you well, performing self immolation protests. It's really or,
3: old and then like Famously I said, from the Vietnam War. Yeah, it's the uh, can we? If you guys want to look it up quick, I'll, here I'll just bring it up. The Rage Against the Machine album cover, and then uh, and then
1: the um the whole Arab Spring was you know outside of the CIA elements was kicked off by a guy who um what was his name uh the, a guy doing it in Tunisia. Oh, the Tunisian
3: so, uh, kind of guy. Yeah. Around. So it's definitely yeah. something that happened. Oh, by the way.
1: Which, by the way, Blake, you'll you'll appreciate it has also been um has also been denounced ritualistically yeah, yeah. at this
3: point. But so the the Rage Against the Machine album cover, the the guy's name was uh, Thich Quang Duc. I can't pronounce no. Vietnamese, but yeah. he was a monk who monks do this. Yeah, well, yeah, but monks do this, but
2: they're not supposed to shout and scream in the middle of it. Yeah, well, it depends on who's per- who's doing it,
3: I guess. Yeah, he famously. Complete. He like. It was the Israeli
1: consulate in Atlanta, Georgia, December first. Yeah, so December first, the Israeli consulate in Atlanta. But
2: monks, monks are are. You're not supposed to do. You're not supposed to scream. So that's what I'm saying. So where? So if he got the idea from the girl, I'm trying to trace this back, Jack. We have to do some tracing here. If he got the if they got the idea from monks, monks don't scream, so they didn't do it right. So he didn't do it right. It's, he didn't light himself on fire.
3: Right? Well, it just it. I don't. I cannot. I don't know. If there's really rules for all of. It. No, there's rules. But, Monks will tell you there's rules to self.
2: Well, but
1: I don't think he did. But it But did in the they take? Sense. Did they take a vow of silence? Maybe. Maybe because this guy. I wish this guy had taken a vow of like cringelessness. Because unfortunately, well, he didn't do it uh, very for us. Because well, he, this is going to. I wish he had taken one because unfortunately this is going to live on forever. It's kind of hard to watch something like that, and it, you you know you just can't unsee it. You can't unsee it. And so I guess my question, no, it's what's really interesting is, you know, Blake, I, I I don't know if this has had any effect on people's opinion of the war. I I think it's it's gotten some, it's gotten people more involved in it and it start, sparked a conversation. But I kind of feel like if you've got a position on this, you're not changing it at this point.
2: What were his last words? What did he say?
1: Free Al- Palestine.
0: Al-
2: Akbar. Free, free
0: Palestine. Welcome, free, Charlie. Free, welcome, to, oh, yeah.
2: welcome to your, your studio.
0: Yes, welcome thank back. you. Sorry, I was stuck in traffic. Um, but no, it was like Free Palestine, right?
3: Yeah, He yeah, was just kind of well it's Free Palestine. Palestine. But maybe, he was like, maybe his, his last words were. Ah, ah, he, he kind of. <laughs> it is quite painful to set yourself on fire. So, a Muslim
1: was that a Muslim prayer? Was that the? Was that the call? was that always hard to tell.
3: Always hard to tell. I have seen some speculation that he may not have actually intended to die. Uh, some people. Have kind of thought he might have been looking around like, were people gonna put him out? He might not have expected the fire to I be just, quite as. Oh dramatic. wow! In which oh, case, wait,
2: he set up the he set up the fire extinguishers by his phone. Oh, did he? I didn't. No, I'm asking that question. Is that where they fire extinguishers so he, came? Or, or, or he, could he, he
1: maybe he called nine one one before he did it?
3: Or or he just might have not expected
1: no, the fire he, to be that live big, and it, maybe right? someone. Yeah, he live
3: streamed it, so maybe he thought people. No, I don't. Would I don't rush think. I don't think he called. Save him I don't bit. think he
1: called it in. I, th- I think that's just in an area of DC that has a ton of security around it at all the times.
2: Mm. Yeah, but what was the what was the sound that was that rolling sound?
1: It sounded that's, like that's okay. Cleveland Park,
2: like that's up by. No, it sounded like a is going out towards. Did he knock over the uh, the fire extinguisher? And I don't know. I,
3: I don't know the the whole like you know this isn't the Zap Ruder film here. It's not. It's not the mechanics of his death that are most interesting to me. What's most interesting to me is that he did it that people are again like jack said that people are this radicalized about something that's in a different country that he our military is not directly involved in our country is not super directly involved in and yet he killed himself over it and then the other fascinating thing to me is is the reaction to it and like in the bigger picture it's the way that a lot of people, even on even on the right, I've noticed there's more sympathy, support for the Palestinian cause, especially on Twitter and the like, in a way I definitely
0: don't feel I saw in the past. No, I think that's exactly right. Um, hi, everyone. I'm here now. Everyone did such a great job. I was watching on my way in. Um, so I, a couple of thoughts. It's just it's amazing how this. This is how a service member gets talked about more than anything else is they light themselves on fire for a foreign country's conflict than like dying for the American cause. Like I think that's the buried lead here is that like you want to get remembered as a service member. OK, light yourself on fire in support of like a foreign conflict. Yeah, and I, I agree, Blake. I think that there is more. I think that the I mean, I'm very pro-Israel and I just I think that the pro-Israel position in the conservative movement is weakening. Do you see that? Definitely, it's weakening. Uh,
3: it's you know, you'll see it last at the congressional level. I think you still see a bit of that. Massey has said stuff critical of us just sending tons of money there, for example, uh, and that's where I think you see that going away first. Is there's much more skepticism of sending as much money as we can to Israel? You'll know, we'll say moral support. We'll say, you know, in a geostrategic sense, we support them. But, you know, America has an open border. America is broke. Maybe we don't unthinkingly send $20 billion to them every time something seems up. Uh, but you do see it even on the more extreme end, especially on Twitter. You can find a lot of personalities who just are vocally... They just favor. So if they support Palestine in this. They'll, Why do you think that is? Honestly... People might get mad at me for saying this, but it is called thought crime. I think, I think a little bit of this is there's two things I would say. One is just genuine anti-Semitism. I think it's a brain virus that gets inside people. It's uh, you know waxes and wanes, but it's just something that pops up a lot, and so that manifests that way. And then another thing is it's sort of like it's no secret in America that the left that Democrats are sort of the they're they're the regime as we say they are the prestige ideology that is what academia is yes. that is what elites the, the are ruling class yeah, yeah the ruling class and so by comparison the normie the it's lower status to be conservative that's just how it is I'm Correct. conservative it is lower status to be conservative you don't get as many perks benefits and, and treated as well it's like solidarity with another group that is the lower status group that they're the Palestinians, they are poorer, they are weaker. Wait, are you, they are are you saying kicked that like, around. white
0: rural voters see themselves in the Palestinians? I don't think
3: it's so much white rural voters. No, I'm using that as yeah, a joke exactly. Because of the MSNBC but, thing, yeah, yeah. But no,
0: are you getting that a MAGA voter in Ohio that feels disenfranchised from their government has like weird solidarity with the Palestinians? Maybe people? not MAGA ones, but definitely on Twitter you can find it. Okay, and... so like a young 26 year old conservative blogger for. So, I mean, I agree. There, there, there seems to be a splintering. Ten years ago, there was like unanimous support for Israel, right, Tyler, in the conservative movement. It was, it wasn't even a question. It's still like ninety-five percent. You think you think it's still overwhelming?
2: Yeah, it's like ninety-five percent.
0: But Blake, you're seeing something different. I mean, I see it among some influencers. Yeah, well, it's like you know,
3: Jackson Hinkle is a guy who went on Tucker Carlson's show, and I believe he's a big Palestine supporter uh there's that guy I, keith I, woods i think i, I can tell some you some guy in ireland I can, t- I can tell you
2: why though i mean i think there, you know there's going to i still think it's like predominant and that's why we're winning over jewish voters like incredibly at incredible amounts but here's the difference is that you have the same educational problem that we have for all young conservatives that are going through this so they they're finding themselves as libertarian conservatives they're anti-war now which is a big deal which is a really big deal when you talk about Israel like every I think there's going to be a a natural place to be like I don't want to send money to Israel I don't want to go to war uh but then also you overlay that with like what's like triggering in the background is that yes. they've been they've been taught to hate Israel because of these leftist you know professors and teachers Correct. and so people are going to figure out over time and ultimately I think what's going to end up happening is that that we're going to as people age and they become more conservative and they become more family friendly they also become more friendly to israel because they understand that, that that's like a not such a bad thing to have friends in the middle east right like, like again but most people are we're so far detached from foreign policy i think in modern america mm-hmm. where it's it's totally different from the even the 70s 80s and 90s where people had like some leftover foreign policy experience following world war ii and vietnam i think yeah.
1: I, I think just to you know throw out there, I mean, there's a couple of things like that are going all, all around the same time. But you know, I think one of the biggest things is that we are living through the America First era now, and we've spent you know two years on the right. Uh, Blake, as you say, starting with with Tucker. Um, but also with sort of the Trump era going in and saying, how does this directly affect Americans? How does this directly affect Americans? And it wasn't, you know, during any of that time focused on Israel, but now that Israel has come around, I think you're getting that same sentiment come up. So that doesn't mean, I don't think it necessarily means that by and large people are becoming more anti-Israel. I mean, obviously this there is a very vocal anti-Israel uh, segment. But I just think in general, when it comes from a political sense that you're hearing people and Thomas Massey, I think, is reflecting at the most in Congress that are just sick of foreign wars.
3: For sure. That is definitely you see the reduction in people. You see the things. Why does this have to do with America? Why do we need to spend money there? Why do we need to care mm-hmm. about this? I definitely see more of that. But you do see on the edge a group that is just overtly pro-Palestine, no, anti-Israel. Yeah. and yeah i oh, think yeah. andrew said uh, said in our chat here he thinks some of it is a sense they've been hoodwinked hoodwinked and on hood-winked. whatever hoodwinked, hood-winked, hood-winked on wait. israel and <laughs> that, i kind of get that that there's a sense that you can support israel but there's a lot of stuff where if you hear enough about it you start to feel like yeah you know, it's the classic like Go, google the uss liberty thing like <laughs> you know people if they've never heard of stuff and sometimes they they get oversold stuff. I think there are some evangelicals who think Israel is like a Christian country or whatever, and uh, it get. I mean, it's it's not without faults. It's obviously. not without faults, and y- you know you can learn stuff about it. Where if you've been fed what's almost this like propaganda level version of it, you feel like you've been lied to.
0: So, yeah, and I just I mean I'm biased because I love Israel and I've visited twice and it changed my life. And being able to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and see the Garden Tomb in the Old City and go to Capernaum and Hebron. I just, I mean, Jack, you share my love of Israel. So I always have to preface this, is that I just, I love the country. I love it in its current form. I was treated super well when I went there. And I don't know if I'd have the same access to my precious holy sites if it was under Arab control.
3: Yeah, now this is a recent thing uh, that has been in the news. So, you know, Jonathan Pollard,
0: uh, yeah, he's the spy. He was a spy. Right? Am, I, so am I
3: right? He was a spy who sold U.S. secret, uh, who spied on the U.S. on behalf of Israel. And I believe, I think he, he got paid for it. And there was some bad elements. But we caught him and we imprisoned him for life. But then we gave him clemency, released him, and then we let him move to Israel. And now Jonathan Pollard is advocating for the Palestinians to be sent To the West. And, you you know, there was a large political lobby. So that just
0: doesn't help.
3: It doesn't help things. There's, I think, there's often a sense, and like, you know, those op eds that we're running that we reacted to saying, like, oh, the US should take the Palestinians because that's the great thing to do. I think there's a lot of sense people feel like we're
0: dupes. So, and I will say on that particular topic, that one really fired me. We went hard at that one, really Mm -hmm. hard. For sure. And then I had. people i really respect that come on our show about israel call me and say oh no that's not what the op-ed says and i'll say please stop yeah right blake i mean in (laughs) clearest language or they say oh it's not the government saying this like this is the foreign affairs minister saying that the west should take palestinian refugees i think they backpedaled from that pretty quickly though and what i told my friends in israel and my friends that advocate for israel i said if you start losing right-wing evangelicals on israel on the like it's is, gonna go ref, bad like you can't you, you like you <laughs> have to draw a line in the sand no palestinian refugees to the west like you this is your base
3: i remember that it, you know there was another thing where someone in the knesset proposed a bill that i think was gonna restrict or abolish uh, christian proselytization in in israel and then netanyahu
0: came out and she says yeah no we're scuttling that guys you're not gonna do that yes like, I, and i i want to the, the problem israel and america does share a problem which is that there's some sus activity in the intel agencies, right? Mm-hmm. Is that I, I love Israel as far as it's a place for the Jewish people, access to holy sites. I do believe that there's a place in God's plan for Israel. We don't have to, to debate that. But some of the Israel intel agencies, I don't think we have to be an apologist for, <laughs> you know. Yeah. W- w- and that's okay. I mean, I don't apologize for the CIA. Yeah, exactly. Or five Eyes.
3: That's, that's where people lose their minds. They, you know, they read, oh, Israel did this intel op thirty years ago. Well, bro, it was thirty years ago.
0: Get over it. But it's also just. I mean, any modern country has pretty clandestine intel operations. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of, whether it be the UK, Germany, Five Eyes, Australia. Yeah, and on
3: on your friends. And then I feel the need to take a step back and remind people, okay, well, why did this war happen? Did Israel just bomb Gaza? No, this happened because the situation was more peaceful than ever. And things were actually looking up. They were having all these guest workers come out of Gaza. they're making more money. You know You can easily imagine a world where that leads to things getting better for everyone. They already had the settlements go away, so you know they have reasons to be think Israel might be a good actor here, and then they just go shoot a ton of people, kidnap a ton of people out of nowhere, you know one of the least expected massive terrorist attacks that we know of, and that is why this happened, and I think there is a real element this is some sort of brain virus that works on people it's like how people like pit bulls because they're the most violent dog that attacks well, people yeah
0: yeah we have we done a pit bull not early? yet we can talk about it another great time pit bull
3: but it's like it. the palestinians gaza is like the hamas they're like the pit bull of global geopolitical yeah, and causes I, just, I also
0: you know this whole like i have to say two things one is there is this kind of uh, emphasis like the Jews run the world conspiracy, if that was, if that was true, why are, is the cause of Israel getting slaughtered online and in the media? Like If that really yeah. was legit. Now, and as Dennis Prager would say, I will lean on Dennis Prager, that yes, Jews do happen to do very, very well in certain industries, right? And then the next question is, okay, so what? What does that then mean? But I also think it's just largely sloppy thinking of people that want to try to blame a group for some of their own problems yeah and, and I, I just i don't i don't like it yeah well, and it's
3: like oh man uh, jews jews control the media and control all these things well there aren't that many of them and you know there's a billion muslims in the world why don't you guys get your get your act together yeah a little and it's bit also more.
0: just like there's nuance too and i mean i went i was very clear and i stand by these statements that some people in the jewish community have funded the worst left-wing causes out there and then also the number one republican donor in the last 10 years is sheldon adelson Gave like 150 million dollars a year, and he was you know as pro-Israel as it gets. I mean, there's some nuance there. I do want to, uh, Jack. Can you walk us through this tattoo? Is it legit, Jack? I, I find this. You know, we kind of so it's it's le- it's as legit as everything else we so. can see
1: on on the internet. But yeah, there's there's this guy. So just to show, um, you know, and and maybe like if you're if you're watching thought crime and. You know, you're not uh, someone who spends a lot of time on the Internet that he has become an absolute cause celeb on online. I'll say online where you've got elements of, as Blake says, of some people who are super far to the right, uh, other people that are in different pockets of the right. And then a lot of people on the left that are totally um, not only just on board with Aaron Bushnell. But they are turning him into a sort of new George Floyd, almost to the point where where this guy Vasa Boy on uh, on Instagram has apparently gotten Aaron Bushnell's name tattooed along his jawline. Uh, so there you can see Aaron Bushnell in. Yeah, it's not quite cursive, but you know, quasi cursive lettering. Um, there you go.
0: He has to live with that for the rest of his life.
1: I think
2: that's AJ McLean from Backstreet Boys. Is that not?
1: No, AJ put on a lot more weight than that. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. know.
3: (laughs) I'm not a Backstreet Boys listener. Can't comment. (laughs) Tyler's going to be on his own on that one.
2: No, uh, uh, I'll. I mean, I think it's AJ McLean. It's clearly. AJ. I mean, that looks
1: like fresh ink to me. I, I say did that. You, did as you a, sing uh, along with Backstreet Boys songs back in the day? Oh man! Like got, when the guys. We're sings. trying to win
2: over moms. Okay. When the guys have sings. to win over moms, this is
3: the, we're, we're going for the mom vote. When the guy like, sings in the song "Am I Sexual," <laughs> did you go like "Yeah" along with all the Backstreet Boys? I don't know. Boys?
2: Looks like AJ McLean the man just dropped it in the chat.
0: I yeah, it looks very. Show simple. me the
2: meaning of being lonely
0: all right let's talk about that's the insane. wellness company everybody <laughs> the wellness company is amazing if you guys want to make sure that you have the good stuff that's right this uh very let's unpredictable viral season go to the wellness company uh you get some amazing stuff inside uh so first of all when it comes to staying healthy and on the go um literally anyone with a pulse a uh, viral well might get sick the wellness company's travel <laughs> emergency kit is here to be your new best friend. Uh, kits are only available in America. Go to twc.health/cj and order your travel emergency kit today. That is twc.health/cj and use promo code CJ for an exclusive 10% off at checkout. Uh, here's what comes in it: everything from calcium carbonate to docusate sodium, melatonin, uh, bisacodyl, uh, musopran. Um, ivermectin, adhesive bandages, gauze pads, iodine tablets, travel emergency guidebook, and more. Um, it is for the health health conscious traveler. Honestly, I wouldn't travel abroad without one of these things. Um, it can help you during a health crisis. Health crises can happen when you least expect them. But when you're exploring the world, there's a risk you're often willing to take. Jack, I don't know about you, but next time I go abroad, I'm 100% going to have my wellness company um, pack it with me. Just everything you need from. I've, I've already. Right?
1: already have mine,
0: Um, actually contacted with
1: them, and they were super fast about it, overnighted it to me, basically. You sent in some basic info, and this is the main thing, and I say this as... Um, as someone, Charlie, you, you've talked about the state of our medical system and how absolutely backwards everything is. Oh, it's uh, the pharmacy system in the DC area is just insane. It's completely horrible. Uh, they tell you something's done. It takes hours or days to get whatever you want. Wellness company, boom, it's right there when you need it so that you and by the way, you have it before you need it. So I've got actually this to this point, um, I've now have three different packs from the wellness company in the Poso stack. So I've got your the basic wellness kit, I've got the first aid kit, and then I've got the travel kit.
0: Yeah, and understand, by the way, if you want let's just say you want to get ivermectin, Blake's not sold on it, Tyler save Tyler's life. He's here because of ivermectin, right, Tyler?
1: Yeah, Blake's
2: Blake's not right. Just...
0: Twc.health slash CJ. You have to go to a compounding pharmacy or an apothecary to get ivermectin in certain parts of the country. So make the investment now. It's TWC.health slash CJ that is twc.health/cj. Blake, what is our next topic? Our well, next...
2: well, first f- favorite comment. This is hilarious. People will be asking this dude if he tattooed his boyfriend's face on <laughs> his name on his face for the rest of his life.
3: Yeah. All right, our, our next topic. What, a horrible, what a horrible thing. Our next topic, Charlie, is the veep stakes. Ah, okay. Trump's going to win the nomination. Who is he going to pick as the vice presidential pick? Turns out there's been a lot of discussion of this lately. The odds are, are shifting yeah, Tim, rapidly. So, so I'm
0: super curious about that. Then I'll tell you about my uh, conversation with Trump.
3: Oh, that's amazing. So the Betfair favorite right now, and this caught me really off guard looking it up just now. Uh, currently the favorite on Betfair, which is a British betting site. You can bet on this thing in the UK. Yep. You're blocked if you try to visit in the US. But they have the favorite right now is Christy Nome, Five to one. So still not strong odds. Second. But uh, Second place is Vivek. And then uh, Elise Stefanik. And then the next three. This is another strange one. Um, Tim or no Tim Scott, Nikki Haley, Ben Carson, and then in seventh place, Tulsi Gabbard. Hmm. So top seven.
0: Uh, I'm not going to say any like name details, but the president has not made up his mind, and very much open to a lot of different ideas. And uh, we had a real <laughs> robust conversation about it, and. He wants to win, and he's getting. I'll, I'll tell you right now. There are. Here's what I can tell you. He is being actively lobbied by like five or six different camps on this right now. I'd be shocked if. It and, and the name, wasn't. I the name I think that we should really push for to it, be in the mix as a finalist is JD Vance. I think JD Vance is a finalist, right, mm-hmm. Tyler? Do you think that would make sense?
2: Yeah, JD Vance is a top pick. Um, I, you know, I think Elise Stefanik would be the first little person ever as VP. So she's she's How right there. How tall is she? I I think she's an LP. She's you know? not that
0: little. She's not. I'm going to look it up. I, I'm i looking at a picture. No, right I just now. saw her she's the other LP. day. She's
3: not that little.
1: She's not?
0: She's like <laughs> no, five she, four. No. What? That's okay five as a woman. Four
3: is a normal height. L-
2: limb lengthening.
1: Yeah. She did, tanya, is, tanya is five three. Yeah, but she's...
2: Okay.
3: Well, I, I mean... <laughs> so you're saying Tanya should be vice president, Jack? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, but t- Tanya uh, has proportions. She wasn't born in this country. That-
2: I just, think, I just don't know if that's going to add much to the ticket. I can't believe Jack's calling to I to override the I, Constitution. I like
0: J.D. because he's a very thoughtful well, communicator I call that the of table. the America First agenda. He's from a younger demo. He's in, a, he's in his 30s still.
2: I, I have a plan. The perfect plan.
0: Yes. Is it the Ohio switcheroo? The
2: Ohio switcheroo? Yes. You get J.D. in as SVP, and then you force DeWine to put in the Vake as Senator. That's the... I do you the force move. him?
3: What if DeWine just says no?
2: I don't gun mind point. that deal. Whatever. No, no, I, 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 I
1: gunpoint.
0: <laughs> no. Wrong.
1: Nerf right. gun. Nerf gun. He means nerf
0: gun. Uh, yeah, I so, mean. So, so just, you know, we asked our audience on YouTube. Over 124,000 people responded. And Vivek won with 67% of the vote of YouTube. The, now, mind you, that makes sense. YouTube is a lot of young, right? Right wing Bitcoin, you know, men. Kind of like crypto, oh my goodness, Ripple is going to go to $10. Like, no, it's actually still at 50 I think I want I want Vivek to have a political job before he gets I the love it. I think Vivek would be great. I, I've do, liked what he do said. Do I think Vivek helps with independence? I think he helps with a very particular demo, which is late 20, early 30-something, high IQ, professional, college-educated millennial men who listen to Rogan, listen to long-form podcasting, that kind of RFK demo I think that Vivek could help with. Do I do I think RF, do I think Vivek helps with single women? No. Do I think he helps with suburban moms? Probably not. Um, but I do think, and I also old people love Vivek. Like they love Vivek.
3: Now the question is, do you need Vivek on a ticket to get that benefit? I think he could be a great surrogate for yeah, the campaign. Yeah, he could be a surrogate. Yeah. Uh, I guess the ship has sailed here. I agree. He could have been a cool guy with the RNC, he, some sort of role
0: like that. No,
2: he'd be a great U.S. senator. Hopefully, because the you, you, the problem is, is you lose JD. Well, you got to win
0: the. You, that that happens after the. The winning,
2: I understand, but you you lose JD though. Like th- then Vivek can become Would this be like, solid. He'd be awesome. He'd, he'd be front face, super popular. We have no one cool in the U.S. Senate. If well, we, no, if he isn't we got clear. a couple people, we got Holly. He's cool. I yeah, but like even Holly like isn't Vivek right? Holly that's true. Vivek could do things because of the way that he's run his campaign thus far, where it's like he can literally be the front face of opposition for everything that the democrats do and get away with it
0: do you think jack that this vp selection will be the more important i want to say the most but one of the more important vp selections of our lifetime
1: so yes and no um i think that it's it's important because but for not the reasons that we're talking about so i think it's important because uh, trump is term limited to one term um now, uh, as far as we know, he doesn't, at least as of now, intend to declare himself president for life the way that uh, MSNBC is telling us. Uh, and of course, MSNBC has has many things to say lately, so we'll see. But no, if you just look at it on, on paper, whoever gets the VP nod from Trump on this one, while he's the odds-on favorite to become president, is really launched into contention for being a potential two-term president. So you could take a guy like J.D. Vance who hasn't even been in office now for two years. The same way Barack Obama was only in office, also from the Midwest, by the way. Um, well, I'm not gonna say Barack Obama's from the Midwest, but a Midwest state, uh, where he was senator that, um, he, you know, had only been a senator for two years and then springboarded into the presidency. This is a huge springboard for somebody going forward and really someone who's going to be that kind of that working, you know, that, that working horse putting the plow to the wheel every single day for the party going forward, that especially a, guy, a young guy like JD, that'd be incredible. But then as far as the actual electoral benefits of it, I just I'm not seeing it. Um I I you know people have said um there's a lot of buzz around Tulsi Gabbard saying, oh put put on a you know she's female, she's non white. she's to, a former Democrat I gotta draw can the reach line. Out to Tulsi Gabbard is a I bad I just idea. don't buy
0: it. I'm sorry. That is a bad idea to have a liberal who used to run the DNC as the vice president of the United States. Yeah, like that, that, well, here, to, to finish my thought, just real Sorry. quick,
1: it's, I, I don't think any of these ideas are going emotional. to pick up votes. I don't think there's any any of the names are going to change anyone's opinion of Donald Trump at this point. It's baked in. People know what it is. They know who they're voting for. Um, no one is going to change their votes based on who Donald Trump picks as vice president. This, so,
3: is, this is why I did... I like. This is why I liked Tucker Carlson last fall. I would talk about this. I don't think it can work I anymore. Still like it. I still. I like certain elements of it. I'm worried he's increased potential downside with you know the Russia stuff that we've talked about. Not so much the interview. They were going to complain about stuff like that anyway. But you know him going into the subway system and talking about how great it is. That that can get you open to attacks that are just annoying to deal with. The reason I liked Tucker was. It wasn't so much that you flip people's votes. It's that you create a vibe, a narrative around the campaign. It would make it, oh, you have Trump and you have Tucker. They're both transgressive. They both drive people you don't like absolutely insane. They both are really, you know, they're credibly promising to do big changes and people can kind of trust them to execute on that. And you give a whole energy to the campaign and that can drive your rallies. That drives the news coverage and it increases your turnout. And it sort of subtly affects how people view the whole campaign. And that I can see having a positive outcome. But all this stuff that's just, you know, you're going down a checklist and like, okay, well, this candidate is not white, but this candidate is a woman. This (laughs) candidate's both, but they're not really from, you know, a swing state. It's like a committee. You're, You're just grabbing biographical facts about them and trying to get the ideal Veep. I don't think you get many votes that way, and I dislike that that's what a lot of the candidates feel like to me. Like like Elise Stefanik. Elise Stefanik, they like her because she's a a woman, I think, and has said nice things about her. Well, a couple
0: things. Elise is young. She's a mother. She's in leadership of the House Conference, so that goes some way. She has a legit scalp that has moved donors to really like her when she went after the Ivy League schools, and she has leaned in and capitalized on that. I was just in Palm Beach and to Elise's credit, she's a smart cookie, Tyler. She gave a speech in front of donors and activists. She mentioned Turning Point three or four times. Wow. We, we had one staffer there. She, you know, she's a smart she cookie. She gets it. She knows what she's she doing. She was like, I can't say, you know, she, we had Josh there and she was, she was all, we didn't ask her to. I, this makes me
3: uncomfortable. Elise Stefanik was not a conservative member of the House. And then she latched really hard onto Trump. She is an ambitious woman. She, she wants is. to rise as high as she There's can. There's nothing
0: wrong with ambition.
3: There is a well, lot that's wrong with ambition. The, if, bri- the Bible does if, have much to say condemning pride, and ambition is a well, type of pride.
0: That de- depends. You could be ambitious for good purposes, but yes. Yes,
3: can- but what I would say, Stefan, this is just a read of mine. Stefanic doesn't give me. A one hundred percent trustworthy vibe. Unfortunately, Fair enough. She, King she, David she, was
0: it, ambitious. He started. He, he and
3: grew. King David sent off
2: a, a woman's of husband Israel. to get Correct. murdered. Bath,
0: N- not a great <laughs> moment. And she's
2: <laughs> ne- she's never been hungry about coming to Turning Point events. No, that's
0: true. I'm just what I'm saying is a which data is the, point. Which
2: is my ruling. That's my ruler.
0: It's a data point, and I've known Elise for a while. Is I'm just saying that at that per- particular venue, she knew what she was doing by mentioning Turning Point a couple times, right? And I, I was just saying I was in Palm Beach last week, met with Trump. Yeah. The amount of people that were talking about Elise in donor circles was like a fever pitch. It was like the Elise Stefanik fan club, and I was like, you know, great, fine. I, I, I don't actually, I don't share that like anti-Elise sentiment, but I'm open to it. I will say, on foreign policy, we're on different planets. Yeah, she has relative
3: relative to other Veep picks. I think it is important that a major consideration here be the person Trump picks will be has. Frankly, a measurable chance of becoming president. Trump is old. He could die or be incapacitated. Or go and or go to prison. just also, he only has one term. So whoever his VP is, is very much an ca- automatic favorite to be the next nominee can, should he win.
2: Can I add something into this? Because we brought him up a few different times. But truly, in every poll from 2015 to today, the most popular, likable Republican that exists in America is Ben Carson. I, I'm so, a big Ben Carson so believer. I, I know there's a and lot of answers.
0: Not for any oh, people say, oh, Charlie, you know, we get these emails, DEI. It's not about any of that. He's qualified. No, no, he's, he's. I don't even care about that. I, I told totally I don't agree. even
2: care about qualifications, skin color, anything. He's likable. Yes, he's like
3: so, Ben Carson. He, if the only thing that mattered was get you know to the end of November and you are the president elect, I would love Ben Carson as a pick because all the reasons you say. I think he is likable. I think he's ethical. He's likable. He's ethical. He will. There's like zero downside to him. uh, Gives, you know, kind of more of a stable aura to things. It's sort of, you know, Mike Pence without all the things that have discredited Mike Pence. But I guess I have to imagine if Ben Carson is president, would he be able to execute on the agenda? We want a U.S. president to execute. And he just. I think he's a good guy. I think he'd be great if he were a president in one of those countries where the president is a much more of a ceremonial, low-activity leader. But I guess this is going to sound weird. Ben Carson seems lower energy to me. It's hard for me to imagine him just like ruthlessly making sure that a MAGA agenda is carried this out. This is
2: the number one thing that people say is that he's low-energy, that he's he's not – Sleepy he's, is a word. He's sleepy. He's timid. He's – He's, uh, but I actually think that that's the balance you need in a Trump run because again, we have to we have to get across the finish line here, and Ben Carson next to really anyone the Democrats could potentially put up for VP is going to make the Republican Party look good. No matter no matter what, I can't think of a single person that that would be able to hurt us with a Ben Carson, and and again. This is just like you, then you can utilize Ben Carson surrogate wise as a legit him him not being VP. Can you imagine him debating Kamala Harris?
0: Okay, but let's let's go to one number that I think is important. Donald Trump, when he won the presidency in sixteen, won eighty one percent of evangelical voters. In mm. two thousand twenty, it was seventy seven percent. Do you think Ben Carson could get us back to eighty one or above? Yes or no?
3: I I don't see him as super important in Tyler, that realm. You know yes. the grassroots. It I say up. yes,
0: T- Jack. Yeah, you know, I know that you have some reservations of Ben Carson, but do you hear me out? Evangelical winning over evangelical voters in Wisconsin, Georgia. Do you think we would get above Project 81? Above 81 above 81? Right. With evangelical voters, because we had a four point dip in 2020.
1: Um, well, well, so here's here's one of the issues, maybe. But here's one of the other issues there that could that could really come back around is does Ben Carson make abortion and and now lately IVF uh more central to the campaign while President Trump has has as we've saw from last week you know I think during our show he had a uh, you know, not a tweet but a truth up about IVF uh at a time where he's trying to not make those central I think Ben Carson would would have the same effect of turning out the left by making those issues central which the Democrats want
0: okay fair enough I do think though that he can neutralize some of the, and it's kind of bubbling up. If you were a left wing op, you would want all of a sudden the right to be talking about COVID again, like some of the kind of COVID skepticism that people have towards Trump. Ben Carson was great on those sort of issues.
3: Do we have to worry that they'll? Uh, you know, did we? Did we speak about? I was, I was looking. At, did we speak about the the pyramids thing? I think it's hilarious. I yeah. think it's funny, but do we worry he could get... like they, They'll just try to smear him Christian as... Nationalist. You know, they, well, not even Christian National. they are just try to say he's dumb, because what he said about the pyramids okay. well, definitely they were built to, to store grain. grain. They they just were not built to
1: do that. No,
0: hold on a Though second. they do give you a free granary in the Civilization he, 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 games. He, 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 hold
1: on. Is good. it true that there were no hieroglyphics found in any of the pyramids? I feel like I heard that hold somewhere. He,
0: it's said, true. he said that the pyramid, And I'm, I don't hold to this view. He said they were built by Joseph to store grain. So but being, did I say David? Sorry. Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, yeah. So just Joseph. Joseph. And, I mean, look, Ben Carson is objectively a genius. You could be a genius and believe in a couple things that might be unsubstantiated. I mean, you don't separate conjoined twins and then you call him like, oh, he's a moron.
2: Can, can I also say something that's really literal brain? About surgeon. Ben Carson? Ben Carson is the only one out of this group that we can confidently say will, will not likely run for president in 2028.
0: So that's the question is do we want – Jack, I'll throw this but to do you. you- Do we want an heir apparent or do we want kind of a bridge placeholder? Do we want someone that is going to try to be a George H.W. Bush or do we want someone that's like, I'm serving one term as VP. This is great.
1: So, yeah, this has been my vote from the start, all going all the back to 2022 on this question. It's something that's a name that nobody has mentioned yet. and, And it's more of a credibility kind of thing. Where uh, Trump is really making this, and ABC actually had this as a headline at one point that Trump's value proposition for going into 2024 is, uh, "I will be your weapon against the federal government," and uh, you know, of course, every time I post that, it gets you know a ton of retweets. People love it, and I've actually said, you know, why don't you get a guy who wants to go after the federal government in a way that we've never seen before and isn't concerned at all with running for president again and Pick a guy who can actually go to work during the administration, not just someone who can, you know, sort of be a placeholder, or someone who fits the, you know, the checklist, like Blake was talking about, or someone who uh, is just trying to, just trying to spend all this time being the heir apparent. I say pick somebody like a Rand Paul. I say Rand Paul is sitting right there. There's no one with more credibility against foreign wars. There's no one with more credibility against uh, the federal government. Uh, you turn them loose on the NIH, you turn them loose on the intel community. You turn them loose on uh, the the 702 and the warrantless wiretapping, the FISA system. Uh, there, there's your guy right there. And imagine what kind of administration you would have with that sort of energy being involved.
0: Yeah, and I think that in a multi-candidate race... I think we have to be careful not to try to make the VP the 2028 era apparent, Right, Tyler? I think that regardless of what happens, we need a very robust 2028 mm-hmm. primary that doesn't have like the incumbency of the VP. Like that's way too consequential. So from Trump's calculus. Tyler, but you'll have that either way. Yeah, but n- not if you have like kind of the mo- I don't think Ben Carson is going to. Maybe I'm wrong.
1: Okay, yeah, right. Then probably not.
0: Right, but if you have J.D. Vance, J.D. Vance would definitely look at that as like, I am the heir to the MAGA throne, right? Um, whether Legitimate. That, whether that's Trump's intent or not, right? And so these are all things that Trump has to consider. So Tyler, what who would be the worst pick? Not the worst person. They speak at our events. I'm talking about who could potentially do the most damage. Because we saw with McCain Palin in 2008 that if you don't pick, pers- and I like Sarah Palin a lot, it just wasn't a good pick.
3: You know, I think the worst pick he could make is Joe Biden. <laughs> that would be a bad choice. I don't think he should pick Joe Biden to be his view. Out, out of the ones being considered
2: that are on like the longer short list, you know, obviously the conversation is, is like, don't pick Nikki Haley, right? So, like, Nikki Haley would ultimately result in. This becoming a massive problem for the party in 2028, especially if she's if she's smart, which she hasn't proven she is, to act MAGA for four years, which she probably couldn't contain herself to do. Uh, but outside of that, I think that's part of the reason why a lot of people have issues with Lisa Stefanik is they just don't trust her. Yeah, anyone in leadership, in you inherently, yeah, all, all of those people are there. So it's like you want kind of a new face, which is part of the reason why I think Col- Tulsi is being considered. Part of the reason, I mean, and I'll remind people too. Christy Noam was one of the worst voters in Congress as a Republican.
0: Yeah, she was. Her score hilarious. And
2: I'll just say this from my my point, this is I'm not going to say this for Charlie or speaking on behalf
0: and of I the organization. And I got along with Christy. I've known her for a while. Yeah,
2: yeah, she's been she was a, she's been a a really good governor. Uh I don't know if she, I put her in the great category, but a good the governor. The Trans thing was no good. Yeah, the,
3: a good governor. Even, she even, was one of the worst congressmen that we had. Congre- and even on COVID, which is the main reason she rose so quickly, it's just that the South Dakota legislature didn't pass anything. Well, it's and also that
0: the state is socially distanced by default. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
3: Mm-hmm. You know, I left and half the population was gone. No, and the only one was left who was It takes Christina. forty-five minutes so, to find your neighbor. Yeah, on JD Vance. I like Vance. You like Vance. We, all of us Vance. here love Vance. And Trump Trump Vance. He's great to us. Sounds like Trump. Pence. Is is Vance a great politician? Because all I'll say is well, he's a
0: great person.
3: I'm sure he is. I don't know. I, and, you know, I have friends of mine who worked with him. They all have, say positive things. Great. But he ran in Ohio and he didn't, like, crush the Ohio primary. It was a pretty tough primary. I, I can't remember who he was, that guy he was running against. But it was a tough primary. He needed, you know, some help with Trump to, to get over the hump. And so do we think that he will add a lot to the ticket, Veep-wise?
0: I think that, Jay, I mean, look, every single one of these people adds something. I think JD is far smoother with the media than we give him credit for. JD's a true believer. He is the closest that he that if there was someone like who's who's more in the mold of what Turning Point believes, JD is as close as we get in like American government. I, I mean seriously. Yeah. Um he he showed us some real bona fides in Munich, Germany at that conference while being contrarian and being very agreeable in the way he did it, right? He also he's incredibly polished. He has a high IQ. He went to Yale, which, you know, we don't necessarily like. But he he but I'm saying, though, that he has a law degree from Yale, served in the military, checks a lot of those boxes, serves in the heartland. But I will go back to the age. You have Cami, Joe Biden, Trump, and you have just a younger face. I do think that if there was a pick, I would think less in terms of, oh, black voter or female and more in terms of younger and older contrast that's actually i think that actually strikes more but of a age is good what i
3: like is like i said with tucker narrative who is strengthening the themes that make a person want to vote they for hate Trump. jd
0: a lot the media does
3: that they do and i can just see and y- you know you can see it pushing their buttons where they'll just like they won't be able to help themselves and they'll come out and they'll say two white men on a ticket what is this? A year where America was still a great country? Well,
1: well, and don't forget that JD Vance also is somebody who has a ton of name ID because of the book, because of the Netflix movie, yeah, right. and the fact that I believe, uh which I know we're going to be talking about it in a minute, he represents the white rural rage. Well, well and think about this too.
2: And th- here's the other point that's really important. So like let's look let's look at the legit so Charlie asked the question. Who's okay, basically, right? In my book, who's okay is Ben Carson, JD Vance, Byron Donalds, and throw Vivek in there, but I don't think Vivek has a real shot. So, but let's throw Vivek in there. My, here's the reason why I agree with a lot of people that the slow thing to not, not pugnacious enough thing on, on the front with Ben Carson, just slightly under that. So if you got to break it down, I think. Byron is a better pick than Tim Scott because Tim Scott gives you what Charlie said is like you've got Chamber of Commerce influence too much. That's Elise Stefanik-ish
0: toy totally. mold, right? So you have
2: Elise, you have Tim, you have you know, really bad former congresswoman, uh, Chrissy Noem, d- decent governor, Christy. Noem that really doesn't add anything to you. But So it pr- comes down to me. It's like, okay, JD and Byron, both similar ages. Uh, That's right. Young. They're, That's they're why about, like Byron. About my age. They're a little older, it, I think. The, the thing with Byron is you would but need... Let, let Tyler... Finish. Well, let, Tyler I, let me just say this on Byron. So then the question then becomes, which which is less tricky out of the two? Which, like, what, what gives you more? I like, just from a marketing standpoint, Trump Vance says a lot like Trump Pence. It's real easy. But here's more important. Or the Donalds. The, the, you have the, and then Charlie said you have the Donalds. So you have Trump Vance like, uh, replacing Trump Pence. And then you have the Donalds, so Donald Trump and Byron Donalds. But here's- no, you
1: know what you do with that, by the way. I was just going to do say Donald here's the Trump. here's
2: the difference because I'm taking forever to get to us. JD speaks Midwest. We have to win Wisconsin. Amen. We have to win Michigan. He's right over the border. He's the
3: only. He, he makes the most but sense. That is why I do bring up. The politician question is because Vance did win. I I agree. He is totally turning point. I agree with Rather him. one convincingly, issue, won by eight points. He won. Well, he won by eight points. But I guess a good candidate in the context. A good candidate. He came out it, of it nowhere. An, oh, it was an open seat with a retiring Republican in a year where we didn't get the red wave. But he you know, did Tim make.
0: Ryan's a good candidate though. He had a lot of money. He's the Rust Belt name guy. ID. That wasn't a two or three point race. I think name it ID being six or eight points. Well, I guess what I mean is he uh, underperformed Trump, but still, I mean.
3: So let me check what how Ohio did. J- J- JD was Trump hated won Ohio by the by Like eleven and twenty. That's what I mean. So Trump won Ohio, of also he- by eight in twenty twenty. Can, can I? Can I? Break- was more in our favor overall because you know we won the house. And yet – so if Vance only won by eight, he underperformed Trump in Ohio. against
0: a very good candidate who was an incumbent congressman who had a district to run and he raised a lot of money. A massive – he was like the most popular Democrat. Tim Ryan was like – he was running for Senate. Ryan ran well for
3: sure. I guess I'm just saying if we're looking at this as he has special political appeal, I'm not sure that Vance has proven he's really dominant.
0: To, but as a but contrast, to, is that what you want? We've VP, mentioned right?
3: Ron, Ron Johnson, several times. What Ron Johnson has done in Wisconsin is a lot more impressive than what Vance yes. did so, in Ohio. So
0: Ron Johnson is not in the running for a couple reasons. Number one, they don't think the way we do about Wisconsin. Number two, you lose a Senate seat. Like you just you lose a Senate seat. And we learned the lesson from Alabama. With, it's bad, to you do don't that, do yeah. that. Like that's a bad idea. Don't make your VP or a cabinet secretary where you lose a Senate seat.
2: I love the Johnson idea. I would be open to it. I just think JD is a better pick because, again, you, Ron can help you. I think you I think you you make Ron the ultimate surrogate in Wisconsin and you just you have to him, make
0: him chairman of the Trump campaign for Wisconsin. Totally, You have to and make him chairman him of the Trump time.
2: campaign for, for, you know,
3: co-chair
0: or of the just. Trump campaign. Yeah. I mean, literally, Ron Johnson is that important. So. The, but je, so like Byron Donalds, you had a concern. Is it that they're both from the same state, Blake?
3: So they're both from Florida. So this, I mentioned uh,
0: that to President Trump. Oh, wow. I was like, you know, he's going to have to get a condo in Houston. He's like, that's a good point. And so how would that work with his congressional seat? Would he have to give up his congressional you, he seat? He would
3: because you have to be a resident of the state you of you represent. Which you you don't ha- have to be in the district. You have to be in the state.
0: Yes. Yeah, so then if he were so to get a Trump condo. So Trump would have to
3: move or he'd have to resign. Trump, and Trump will not move. That's exactly what I mean. It's just it's not in Trump's character, well, Trump, to, Trump even though he has all these properties. Yeah. So,
0: so then Byron would move to Houston or or like to Georgia and lose his congressional seat. He would
3: have to. I believe he would have to resign.
2: You Further must shrinking our state. House
0: minority, majority and him losing a very popular Collier County deep red seat.
2: I, I think Trump would just take residency in New Jersey.
0: No, I don't at all. I suppose. I think Trump is one, in, He's enjoying paying zero percent tax and like. He's got all of his businesses in Florida. I don't think that's going to happen at all.
2: Oh, with the oh, the truth, the truth money, with the truth deal. He the wants to pay money. eleven.
0: Per, <laughs> he wants to pay eleven percent New Jersey income tax with the truth. Social <laughs> the, the truth money keeps him in Florida. Truth is about the D and is supposed to like the, is going to go. He's got like make four billion dollars. He wants to have zero percent income tax. Now maybe Trump goes to Vegas for his Trump hotel there.
3: It, takes that's, that's what it, oh, I will admit, oh. this annoys me yeah, This his, annoys me a little bit.
0: Zero percent income tax. It
3: annoys me a little that bit his, oh, that Trump, yes, the Trump, yeah. hotel. Trump could easily move. He could still sit in Mar-a-Lago as much as he wants. It would be easy for him to do it given the range and the fact that he's not representing anywhere. But it's just not in his character to do that pain in the butt thing. Trump will to, not move out of Florida. Florida. He just won't move out of Florida. So, so, so therefore, he didn't live in Florida when so there, he ran last so therefore,
0: time. Byron would have to sec- forsake his house seat, which would then further shrink our house majority. It's a bad idea.
3: Yeah, I don't and love And specifically, that. he would have to give it up I believe, while running
0: because he'd have to no, – no, I don't no, think no, that, we touched on this. So. That's, well, that's an interesting question. Like so Ron Johnson at least, he can, doesn't have to quit when you for win. The,
2: for the chat just so everybody has No, no. I think you, it's
0: while he's running. Blake.
2: You can't be president and vice president coming from the same state. Yes, yeah, so but yeah.
0: that means that he has to get all this sorted out before that the electoral he does, college that, well, I was saying
3: Ron Johnson wouldn't. Ron Johnson
2: no, 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 could course, just run on Byron the ticket. Byron would
0: have to like Byron, I resign I think would have his to quit. seat yes. and buy a condo in Texas. Exactly. And, and so everyone knows it's the 12th Amendment, right, to the Constitution, if I'm not mistaken.
2: Yeah, but they're, I mean, but they're not worried about that because they can replace Byron with anybody because of DeSantis. Yeah, but
0: well, first of all, it's not an appointment, right? It's a special election usually. It's uh, a governor of Senate seats. The, oh, I
2: guess it would be because it would be 12th Amendment. Yes. Well, it yeah. might be too close to the election. So it would be. Oh, no. I guess they would have to do a special election. That's, yeah, they have,
0: they have to do a special – it would be a mess. It would create a mess. And by the way, our House majority is like yeah, two well, people right So
3: now. the funny thing is, by the way, so the exact specifics are it's not that you can't have a president and vice president from the same state. It's that electors cannot cast their president so and vice all president. Of Florida vote. electoral
0: votes would be no. Exactly. Underway. So in theory that's really we could win idea. in a landslide.
3: <laughs> but let's like then,
0: not even get yeah. near this. Like we finally turned Florida into a deep red state and we're finding a way to like royally put this into jeopardy. That's yeah. a bad idea.
3: Now, I guess what you could do is, in theory, you could really stretch the limits of this. You could run. If you get the landslide, it doesn't matter. And then if it is close enough, after the election, but before the Electoral College meets, you quickly have Byron Donald No, they, they would
0: sue and they would say that the electors were actually elected under the pretenses that they were in the same state. Ooh, wow. Right? We're and getting in layers like and layers. Like Lawrence tried to oh, file that we, lawsuit.
3: Oh, yeah. yeah we don't, yeah. We don't, we yeah. don't well, let's, not, let's not give them any, any rope here no, but, like that Wait, are you
2: saying that they wouldn't... No, they wouldn't they certify. They, they would not certify. The
0: Democrats would not <laughs> live up to the rules they play for us, ever. So in closing here, we've gotten almost nowhere on the Veep stakes. So Jack, all that being said, who do you like? Rand Paul. Okay, that's not going to happen. Who? who do you think? So Rand, Paul? Rand Paul, it's not going to happen. I, I think it's interesting, but that's he's not in the running. By the way, Trump and Rand Paul are like, are kind of like, arguing right now
3: okay so. <laughs> oh, let's let's pick each let's each pick By one of, reason to pick them. of the top seven we'll repeat the top seven and we'll each pick one from that how about so the top seven that we have are uh Nome, donalds gabbard tim scott vivek desantis uh is that so did i miss one there so if i were yeah. to
0: say my sm- who i think trump just kind of based on everything i think that elise byron and tim scott and J.D. seem to have the most chatter in Trump world. Okay. Uh,
2: Tim Scott would
0: be such a mistake. So tell us why.
2: Look, I, I, we call him all the time the Chamber of Consultants. Tim Scott, you saw how much gravitas he had in the in the run for president. Nobody likes him. He basically is just like, I look at Tim Scott, I just see him just as like a smiling guy, just like standing by. But he is literally a puppet of the chamber of commerce he is and why so don't tight we in. like that well we don't like that because the u.s chamber of commerce is going to have this is the, if you want to set up like an hw bush situation again and, and by no means do i think tim scott is nearly the political animal that hw bush was that's part of not the reason even close. that's part of the reason he, why he
0: wouldn't assume control of the cia but
2: it's more it's <laughs> yeah right he just would the I'm former sorry. chair of the rnc turn you know cia head so i mean he's not that guy but he is a puppet for the p- types of people who are like H.W. Bush, and that's bad enough. And so you just got to say no to that. And 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 personally, that's why I kind of have questions about uh, Christy Noem. That personally, that's why I have questions about Lee Stovanic. Personally, that's why I have questions about some many of these other picks. So when it comes down to it, that's why Byron is probably the a little bit arms length from all that stuff. J.D. for sure is he's his own man. We've known him. He's he's his own guy. And uh, and yeah, that's where we're at. I just
3: feel for the reasons people want to pick Tim Scott, you should just pick either Donalds or Carson instead. Okay,
0: you well, mean for we want a black?
3: I think. I mean, I president. think I don't think we should kid ourselves. That is a major reason all three of those guys are being considered. And of those three, I think Tim Scott has the most strikes against him. Obviously, the biggest strike is South Carolina can't be trusted. There's something wrong with it. I'm sorry to any listeners in South Carolina. It does. Have Something's a, off.
0: It does have a bad track record in modern politics. It, it, it right?
3: doesn't have or in, you know, older politics that didn't have
0: the best track record. John either. C. Calhoun. Uh, secession. Yeah. I mean, and, <laughs> and the the authorship of of the defense of slavery.
2: Let's. I, I actually think there's another name that's that's tell
0: uh, us. Yeah. Let's go to wild off the wall name. We <laughs> all have to not Jack kind of already did this around Paul. Give us an off the wall name.
2: So there's a congressman in Georgia who we really like a lot. Uh, named Mike Collins, who is like truck driver, born and bred, uh, businessman. He's, he's like a perfect look. He's hilarious. He looks like, Twitter. yeah, he looks like
3: he came out of a
2: movie. <laughs> he's literally the greatest guy. And he comes to all of our events. He should, he like, he, he attends as like a t- an attendee for our stuff, like just loves everything. Have you, if you're not following Mike Collins, you need to start following Mike Collins today. He is like the he is in my opinion the greatest congressman out of Georgia. He's a little bit low key. He posts a lot of funny memes on Twitter, uh, but he's smart. He's a businessman. He's a regular guy, and he's from a state that we have to win long term, right? So like this is when it comes down to the Ron Johnson conversation. Like, how about we put up again likable people who are normal that people connect with? That would be really fantastic ron johnson is really not like a normal guy he's you know a, you know a very wealthy dude that comes from a lot of big background but he's super likable in wisconsin right that's great ben carson super likable i think jd vance is actually really likable mike collins really likable
0: blake an unusual pick before we move on uh, an unusual one you know the
3: weird one that popped into my head that <laughs> would be a terrible idea so but you put me on the spot who clarence thomas <laughs> <laughs> we would lose a Supreme Court seat. Well, only if you win.
1: Gosh,
3: you know, no. He's got to retire no, anyway no. if we win. No,
0: no, 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 we if need we win, we, no. If we win, we need Clarence he doesn't on need the to court. Re, he
3: doesn't need to quit until you win. No, we need We need Clarence on the court. Plus, by the way,
2: we already went through the whole Florida thing, so I won't rehash that. But Anna Polina, Anna Polina being uh, a VP pick would drive the left crazy, too. Is she?
0: So the other the other ones that are in contention, Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Is uh, the other one that is yeah. going to surprise people, if you really want to force the border issue and raise record money is Greg Abbott. I'm not a big Abbott fan, but... You can get a lot of booze from the,
2: the Texas, right? I'm just,
0: I would have Abbott <laughs> <over Tim laughs> We, we Scott. would lose votes he in Texas. Texas. I, would do, I would do Greg Abbott over Tim Scott.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. For sure.
0: Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, then we have friend, By, so by the guy. way,
1: um, I, I got... So I got um, asked... Uh, by media a couple of times about coming out, you know, forcefully against Tim Scott uh, recently. And you know, not forcefully, I guess I would just say is is probably not the best word, but just just openly against Tim Scott being on the pick. And I said, Look, I'm just gonna say it. Tim Scott's a neocon. He's a nice guy. Uh, he's he's a friendly guy. I think he's I think he's probably probably not a bad guy in any way. But he's a neocon. Um, he's full-throated for endless wars all over the place on foreign policy. He is indistinguishable from Nikki Haley, and I don't think he would be a good pick based on policy.
0: All right. um, Let's move on to. Do we have any ad copy? I I think we do. It's about coffee. Oh, boy. Jack, do you want to take this one? 1775 Coffee Company
1: uh i don't think i have that
0: yes it's right there on a scale of one to ten okay please let's not swear i don't know why (laughs) they swear i can't (laughs) this is not this is not
3: good this is thought crime it's not foul mouth jack can't do that
0: he's uh all right well on a scale of one to ten how much do you hate a not so good coffee stan i think that if you have rules against swearing it forces you to be more interesting on shows like this no i believe if you watch some of these shows like every other word's a swear word and you just end up being not as interesting. I have a theory on that.
2: Well, you should use swear words like for, no, in, for again, interest.
0: 100%. But I'm also not morally against swearing. But yeah. when people overuse it, yeah. it creates low IQ content. I, for one, really hate not so good coffee, which is why I'm so excited to introduce you guys to a company revolting against not so good coffee, the 1775 Coffee Company. In 1775, the world awakened to a new era. And now 1775 Coffee Company is bringing you coffee that embodies the revolutionary spirit. Crafted with the passion and precision, our beans, their beans, are ethically and exclusively sourced from the finest coffee farms of Bolivia. 1775 Coffee Company's farm-to-cup journey um, ensures the highest quality, authenticity, and sustainability from start to finish. With each sip, your palate will recognize and appreciate the dedication and passion that goes into crashing this, uh, crafting this single-source brew. Seventy seventy five Coffee Company takes pride in offering customers a truly exceptional coffee experience with their premium coffee collection. But their dedication to this revolution extends beyond the realm of taste. Safeguarding freedom of speech is critical right now. That is why 1775 Coffee Company has joined forces with Rumble in defense of one of our most fundamental rights, freedom of speech. Coffee that's sure to awaken all senses, including the sense of freedom. Um, Go to 1775coffee.com slash thoughtcrimes with an S and use promo code thoughtcrimes with an S for 10% off at checkout on your first order. 1775, brewed to perfection, crafted with revolution. Um, and that is it wake up and taste freedom wake up every day uh, you will love it uh, okay let's go to the next uh, let's go to the next topic the
3: next topic is crucial to our discussion of the vice president and everything else
0: it is white rural rage we have to play the tape so we have to play the tape do we have it Ryan the tape because I, I think that this is being misunderstood a little bit <laughs> the the way that on social media they're saying oh my goodness MSNC panelists called you know, no, they wrote a book about it. That's what this is. That That's the key. This is a published book where they have. a. These are professors. This, you know, I don't know if these guys have a romantic relationship or something, but they're sitting awfully close. To it. It's got the Manchin Romney thing going. And, and even Mika was a little taken back by this guy. <laughs> even Mika was like, all right, that's a little too hard. Play cut 120. White. Rural Rage, the Threat to American Democracy. And Tom, we'll start with you. Uh, why are white rural voters a threat to democracy at this point?
2: I mean, we lay out the fourfold interconnected threat that white rural voters pose to the country. First of all, and we show 30 polls and national studies to demonstrate this. So we provide the receipts in Chapter 6. They're the most racist, xenophobic, anti-immigrant, and anti-gay geodemographic group in the country. Second, they're the most conspiracist group. QAnon support and subscribers, election denialism, COVID denialism, and scientific skepticism, Obama birtherism. Third, anti-democratic sentiments. They don't believe in an independent press, free speech. They're most likely to say the president should be able to act unilaterally without any checks from Congress or the courts or their bureaucracy. They're also the most strongly white nationalist and white Christian nationalists. And fourth, they are most likely to dis- excuse or justify violence as an acceptable alternative to peaceful public discourse. Is that holy
0: it?
3: cow
0: you haven't seen that clip i hadn't seen the no. clip like that is oh my so so jack i, I have i have please. thoughts. yes jack <laughs> me riff please um
1: well i, I don't know if, if you uh yeah i mean i'm sure guy everyone knows and, and the whole world knows that uh msnbc has been going after me for basically a week straight um saying that <laughs> that I'm going to end <laughs> democracy, that I'm the uh, the illegal despot and, and you know all this crazy stuff out, out of the world. And then MSNBC, in, including Mika, by the way, and she goes, and this isn't, because you have to put this in context too. These these people, Mika and Rachel Maddow and Joy Reid and all of them, and remember, I have to be nice, so I have to be nice because it's Lent, Um, that they spent all day yesterday freaking out that Trump is going to be allowed on the ballot by the Supreme Court and saying it's the end of democracy, that people are allowed to vote. And then here are two guys who are very, very upset that American citizens are going to vote in an election. But at the same time, they're screaming at, at like, like, make it make sense. Somebody please just make it make sense.
0: No, I mean, I, I joked in the chat here. I said, do they want Pinal County to vote 90% Trump? I mean which is Oh the, man, there are places already. I wonder if we
3: can get like Sheridan County where my grandparents live to get to 95%.
0: Now admittedly not of people Can we get
3: copies of this County, book
1: and like put Oh I, your I already words ordered, it's up funny, for it. Jack,
0: I actually ordered it today. You're going to make me read this book, aren't you? Oh, 100%. Oh, and man. you're going to do a book summary on it. Oh boy. Um I'm not going to read that crap. I'm gonna <laughs> just I'm just going to show it up on TV to get people fired up. So, but White Rural Rage is the title. They say white rural voters are the most racist, most conspiracy Against immigrants, like yeah, they should be against illegal foreigners coming to their country. Let's really dig
3: into this because I'm actually really angry now. First of all, most conspiracists, like okay, first (laughs) of all, what are they even defining as a conspiracy? Because I think all of these people believe in the biggest conspiracy theory in America, which is systemic racism, where racism is like the force, it's a miasma that like is the reason that all the schools in Baltimore are bad because all of the teachers there are secretly Klansmen at night. Like they all believe that crap. They believe all of the police departments that are blacker than any other institution in the United States, like oh the NYPD is, you know, thirty percent black or whatever, but they're all systematically racist. The Detroit Police Department, they're all racist. They all believe that crap. That's a conspiracy theory, but oh it doesn't count. Oh, they're against the freedom of the press. Yeah, you guys are against the freedom of the press. You guys flip out any time the press doesn't all believe the exact same things. Oh, they're against immigration. So what? If a majority of people want less immigration, which polling shows they do, that is in fact the democratic position. Small d, democracy. The people want to vote for less immigration. You're the one saying they can't. Who's against democracy?
0: Well, to be
1: fair, Jack is. Uh, play cut 130. So now, my dear friends, I will reveal my plan of attack to you. We will begin with ending paper ballots and ending election day. We will remove all voter ID and all citizenship requirements for voting. We will replace in-person voting with low-integrity mail-in options and drop boxes. We're going to arrest the opposition leader four times. We'll flood the nation with millions of invaders who vote the way we want. Release violent criminals into the cities. Disarm the populace. Remove religion from the public square. I'm going to do it all, and you can't stop me. Folks, this is their democracy. This is the regime that we will overturn. So now, my dear friends, I will reveal my plan of attack.
0: Okay, Jack. It's burning again. Well, you, you,
1: they, they uh, that was a good. that is good, but they buried the lead because the phrase that I used that triggered all of them was that I said, "I'm going to end democracy. Or I'm going to overthrow democracy." And and then I said, and it's it's funny because I'm like laughing in the clip, and I go, and that's right. You know, we didn't we didn't quite get all the way there on Jan. Six, folks. We still got a little bit of democracy left, so we gotta we gotta stamp it out in the next election with. Which you know, it, you'd you'd think that people would get the irony of that statement that we're we're voting to end democracy, but but no, you know, the left just 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 isn't with that. And then so what I go on to do is um is list all of the things that are currently being. Remember, again, we have a guy who's running for president right now who's who's leading in I think the majority of all the polls and certainly in all the swing states. Um, so the guy who is currently lead in the lead for the president of the United mm-hmm. States that the entire media is championing to be stricken from the very ballot itself. And we're basically being told now, I guess, based on this book that we're talking about, that people shouldn't even be allowed to vote if you're if you're white, if you're rural. You know, is there going to be a test? I don't know, Blake, maybe you could design some kind of test to determine whether or not someone is a ruralite and if they would be allowed to vote or not uh, based on their ruralnicity.
2: No, they, they, the funny part is they want to run elections like Putin runs elections. They have all this, uh, they have all this animosity against Putin. No, it's with, envy, really. It's envy for <laughs> yeah, envy. It's like well, we only, we only, of, want big, Moscow, big Putin envy. Well, we only want Moscow to vote, okay? And we don't want any opponents. Yeah, isn't that is that the whole argument? Yeah, Putin they have? has
0: <laughs> an election coming up.
3: Yeah, just all of this is the biggest projection in the universe. The Atlantic just ran an article the other day by uh, Russell Berman, whoever that is. Uh, I have it on my screen if you guys want to bring it up. How Democrats could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't? Without clear guidance from the court, House Democrats suggest they might not certify a Trump win on January 6th. So we already have them laying the groundwork. Okay, well, first of all, we try to have courts take Trump off the ballot. Then we're going to go to the Supreme Court, have them try to keep Trump off the ballot. If the Supreme Court doesn't keep Trump off the ballot, we can have Congress go and not let him win and in fact even three years ago we had another article in the atlantic saying it might be kamala harris's job to stop the steal in 2024 where they were literally just laying the groundwork to say kamala harris should do what some people wanted mike pence to do on january 6th it's all the biggest projection in the universe they want to literally take the opposition candidate off the ballot and they're holding they're throwing this temper tantrum what else did they say in that video they said in the video, oh, they're the people who believe the most – it was something like like violent political action or whatever. Uh, yeah. In 2020, I don't think anyone burned down you know, a drugstore in McCluskey, North Dakota. A lot of people burned down their drugstore in Milwaukee, in Minneapolis, Atlanta. in St. Louis. They tried to do it in Atlanta, and actually the police uh, stopped them. Good for them. But they did – These people all do, they they view riots as a way of achieving political change. They're the ones who go out and say, well, MLK told us that riot is the language of the unheard. They're the ones (laughs) who said, oh, all of the lockdowns are canceled for as long as we need to have giant marches against racial justice. They're the ones who organize lawsuits against cities to get multi-million dollar payouts to rioters after all this stuff happened.
0: These people are just full of crap. And uh, why are they doing it, Blake? Because a book like this, it actually, every time now I go do a Lincoln-Reagan Day dinner in rural America, I'm going to bring up this book and be like, they hate you. I mean, this is a way where we get to 90 95%. And by the way, I'm not kidding, right, Tyler? If we get to like 90% in Mojave County, or if we get to like, you know, I don't know, 88% in some of these rurals, you can you could start to forgive some of the losses and some of the excerpts. Am I right?
2: Well, and, and that's
0: <clears throat> like if, in Wickenburg, for example, if
2: there's actually a story to be told about America, if you look and this is the most interesting thing that nobody's talking about is how a lot of these rural places in America have gone from moderately blue to deep, deep red, deep red, deep red. And, and this is including Iowa. This is part of the story of Iowa and the outskirts of Iowa. This is parts of Georgia that we're talking about is there's animosity that's it's brewing there. And don't forget, you and COVID had the one negative impact that happened during COVID was you had a lot of semi-liberals move out to the rurals. And those rural areas didn't get more blue. Uh, a lot of these places became more red. And so, I mean, that's... That's something that's very scary for them. They're they're kind of setting the table for themselves. Yeah, I mean, take, to yeah, lose take, Yavapai, take
0: Yavapai County for example, which is growing. It's grown since two thousand significantly. Prescott, yeah. Prescott, Prescott Valley. Yeah. If they if we do 2 points better in Yavapai, what does that mean? Oh yeah, and that's that's 20,000 30,000 votes.
2: But that's the reason why they want to suppress the vote,
1: right? With a lot of these But people. writing books like this doesn't Wait, 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 guys, guys, guys. So so Super, super in the weeds, you know, Yavapai, Pinal, et cetera. Charlie, for the people that are kind of like, you know, on the other side of the country that have no idea what those places are, these rural counties, the exurb suburbs, what exactly 30,000 foot view are you talking about is so important if we drive out these low propensity voters?
0: Yeah. And Tyler knows it even better than I do. I mean, as it goes, if you win Maricopa by one vote, you win the entire state. And that's our goal at Turning Point Action. However, you look at some of these areas in Arizona, Prescott, I think, is the second or third largest city in the state. Right, Tyler? I mean, it's and Prescott is mm-hmm. in Yavapai County.
2: No, it's it's not nearly that big, but, but the again, fastest
0: rate of growth. Oh, for fastest, rate not of not growth. population.
2: Yeah, it, it's it's up there. I mean, a lot of these rural places, I mean, this is the same as happened in Idaho. It's happened in Utah. But the, if, we can, if we can
0: run up the score in these areas. Overall,
2: well, that's why it's important for us to prepare the table. To make sure that we maintain these places, so that I mean, look, the the way that they're they want to manipulate the vote in a lot of these places, they want to build cities up high and be able to control people close together. So even some of these places that are uh, that are growing, we want to make sure people have access to land that they can move out, they can have their own stuff. Uh, that's the way that you keep these things, but. If, when people learn the American dream. What, what is the American dream? I always talk with people about
0: this. Kids' property. Marriage. It's property. Yeah.
2: It's pro at the end of the day, it's property, it's owning stuff. When you take that away from people, you're in despotism. And and that is when people unlock that, they become more conservative organically,
0: naturally. So just just so we know, Prescott has grown by seven percent since two thousand twenty. That's yeah, big.
3: Now, I, I actually do That's want to on push track back of the here. State. Overall,
0: rural America is shrinking. A lot
3: of this rage, a lot of this hatred is hatred of like this remnant group in America, the rump traditional American population. Mm-hmm. Because if you went back to nineteen fifty or nineteen twenty or whatever, the vast majority of Americans would resemble these rage filled white rural people. That would have been The vast majority of the voters. And frankly, America was a pretty successful and great country then. And these people have rebelled against this in a large way. There are a few cities like Prescott that are growing. But if you look at a map of counties... Like Sedona
0: and you know, Flagstaff, that are more resort... There's a
3: few. And Arizona's a growing state generally. Yes, so it's just but
0: the cup overflows. The but people they're attacking o- Ohio, are not... Yeah, for example. Ohio, Wisconsin,
3: yeah, you, West so- Virginia. Southeast
0: Ohio is not seeing a 7% population growth like Prescott. They might
3: be seeing a 10% population decline. Correct. And these are the people they're really singling out for hatred. And what, frankly, it's said, but probably not said enough, is it really... Uh, The way they despise they being the left-wing regime elites, whatever, the way they despise rural white people, it is – it functions – at least in the same way you imagine other types of, like, racism functioning, even if it's white against white, where they yes. actually do just, they hate them. They hate the group. In a, They hate the group. They hate them in very, in ways you could not get away with against other groups. Any so, group. Like, the way you can just casually make a joke about people in like, oh, in Alabama, they they have sex with their cousins, and they're all inbred. You'll You can casually make that joke in all sorts of places, and you can't, for example, you can't casually make that joke about people from Somalia or Pakistan, where it's actually a problem that they marry their cousins a lot. Correct. And <laughs> you can and potentially do it while in Congress. Yeah, and you know you can you can do caricatures or, or of them the way there. you can't do caricatures of other people. Like it's almost like they are an outlet that the left is allowed to take their. It's the only regime accepted
0: punching bag.
3: Exactly, they the are only a punching bag,
0: and especially a that you can have. A mean-spirited punching bag But it's of them. also just how sinister this is. These people have, like, very little money. Like, they're very decent. I mean, was- it, you know what I mean? If, like, there was a group to hate, like, you hate Earl who lives in, like, Billings, Montana and hunts and fishes and, like, has two kids and is a welder and earns $65,000 a year. Yeah, it's it's like actually that, that's who we hate. We hate the guy that goes to church and like drives a pickup truck and th- this is like is, mildly even, overweight. Like we hate him. But it's this is even more group. wild. Yeah, than they this. Do like, I want to get. I know Jack, but I mean, I want get, to get
3: being facetious. This but is an a big article. <laughs> there, there's an article that came out in 2021 that really illustrates how deranged this is. There's it was, this was in the LA Times in 2021. It was by a woman named Virginia Hefferman. and. look her up it's like the the article opens this way oh heck no the trumpites next door to our pandemic getaway who seem as devoted to the ex-president as you can get without being q fans just plowed our driveway without being asked and did a great job so this woman flees the a city being run under the you know the policy she wants of you can't you know go outside or do anything so she flees from her own policies to go to MAGA country because she actually likes living there more. And then this is an entire, this is like long article complaining about the horribleness of people who literally went out of their way to help her for free by just plowing her driveway because people do that in nice parts of America. And she's threatening, well, but they voted for the wrong person. They're bad people. And this happens all the time. You run into you can find all these bizarre think pieces. What should I do about all of like my Trump neighbors or my Trump family members, my parents who raised me and you know and clothed me and fed me and cared for me and maybe paid for my college? Should I break off contact with them because they voted for Trump? They would say yes. Yeah, they run into this all the time every single year. We have to get guidebooks about how to you know lecture your family at Thanksgiving.
0: Correct. It's no, and, and I, I said this before, Blake. And is it an exaggeration where they? If they could, they would drone white rural America. Oh, absolutely! He said in that clip mm-hmm. that they're a threat to the country. He's talking to us like we're out. When
3: when the those uh, the Bundy Ranch people took over the uh, the I can't remember the name that place in Nevada, I believe it was. You, you could find people on Twitter saying, like, "Why don't they drone them? Drone them? These people literally will do that sort of thing." You know, the future. There's this dark future where we have some like this kind of like emotional woman at the FBI sobbing while she hits the button to fire the drone (laughs) missile saying, you made me do this and then blowing up their house. And yes, seriously. Yeah. I mean, these are the people who did Waco and it's not even that, I like the guy who
0: David Koresh, Yeah, I don't. It's not that Branch I like David, David Koresh. David yes.
3: Branch Davidians. But think about the context of that, where they wanted to arrest this guy, and it's instead Janet of just,
0: Reno and instead of
3: just arresting him when he went to a Walmart <laughs> no, because that, he did leave all the time,
0: yeah, he went for runs
3: every yeah, morning. They yeah. had to do this macho thing <laughs> to assault it, and then it didn't work out. And they're like, "Oh well, better besiege it. Better let the thing burn down. Better, what do you better spray and, it with gunfire. Bring in better tank. kill yeah. all the oh,
2: children who are inside." Yeah. Why do you think they need? We need self-driving cars it's they're gonna just
3: drive us raft cliffs yeah like these people have these sick impulses this is another line in the story you know uh where is it here uh this is kind of weird this is referring to the plowing your driveway back in the the city people don't sweep others walkways for nothing yeah that's because cities aren't as good as rural america rural america is better than you and you should think about what that means when they don't vote the way that you do but these these people are <laughs> wretched. They are bad people. No,
0: no they really are. And they so get to go a, on television actually,
3: instead of having rocks thrown at them in public.
1: So Blake, there's actually this interesting like like flip on. So you know how we talk about Hicklibs a lot, and we talked about like Oliver Anthony, and we talked about this whole um you know genre of of. I don't know, like a new archetype that's arisen on, you know, uh, Will Stantel is kind of one of these guys, a person who's from sort of a more rural area uh, or a Midwestern area in his case, and and yet has liberal tendencies, even though they sort of have like more more rural aesthetics. I I think I've, I've been trying to think of what the opposite to that is, because you see a lot of this on the new right. That there's a lot of people who aren't necessarily rural at all. Uh, Donald Trump, of course, is probably as far from rural as you can get. The guy announced his presidential campaign, uh, literally on Fifth Avenue next to Tiffany's in a, a giant skyscraper bearing his name while, you know, wearing a suit that was worth several thousand dollars, um, flying around in a helicopter and an airplane with his name on it. So I was like, I was like, would the, would the flip side of that be like an urban con? And so and if so, are the urban cons like the conservatives who grow up not able to stand all the liberals that they're surrounded by all the time the same way that the hick lib hates all the rural conservatives that are around them? It's a I don't know. It's an interesting dynamic to get into at some point, maybe for a later show.
0: Let's get to the last topic. What is it? Uh, the
3: last topic is squatters, actually. Yeah, this is, this this is a, way more, way more chill. I'll,
0: I'll, I'll start with this one. I was first made aware So squatting's a long t- This is not a new thing.
3: We should before we talk about it, we should have the news hook, I suppose. Well, we should have the news hook. Uh, So we were talking about this today. There's a story in the New York Post. Uh, A Queens couple bought a two million dollar home to care for for their special needs needs son. He had Down syndrome, and they show up and they discover that a squatter is living in the building. And New York laws, being what they are, you, you can't evict the squatter. Because
0: So explain what that, what does that mean? That means someone literally is living in your house and you can't remove them.
3: Exactly. A, a lot, a surprising number of jurisdictions have laws where if a person has resided in a structure long enough, even if they're not paying anything, even if they have no legal right to be there, if they have been there long enough, they get tenant rights. Regardless just,
0: of how they caught in. Right? Exactly.
3: They could have broken in, in. You will literally get cases where, for example, people move and then their house is for sale or they leave for a few months. And someone just breaks in and changes the locks and maybe they don't find out because they are gone several months and they get back and the people just say, we have squatter rights here. They'll call the police and the police will say, sorry, this is a matter for the courts now. We can't we can't remove this person.
2: So
1: so in New York City, um, I don't have the date when this. Went into went into existence, but in New York City, it's probably one of the most radical in the entire country. So in some places, adverse possession this takes you know over like after seven years of being you know on in a in a facility or in a location or like ten years in some states. In New York City, it's 30 days. It's literally 30. If you can prove that you live somewhere for 30 days, then they can't evict you, which is insane. Like you could be. Uh, you know, you could be visiting family or somewhere like somewhere for thirty days. You could be like, oh, you know, some people do the snowbird thing where they, you know, they'll be in uh in Florida for the winter and then come back after thirty days. And now all of a sudden, someone lives in your house. It's insane.
3: It's pretty funny because
1: this is like a relic of really
3: old law, like Anglo-Saxon common law. It's a relic of times where land title isn't quite as well defined as it is, or where. You know, like a war happens and people flee. And so you need some way where oh uh, yeah, stuff happened and these people ended up living here, and after ten years, it's their stuff now. And we get these relics of this, and now we're in a time where you really don't need those standards anymore, but we still have these laws, and it's much worse in Europe. This happens all the time yeah, in Europe so where they'll have like Romani people just move into their house and correct. can never get them so out. I, I first was ex- gypsies. Gypsies. Oh, gypsies. Okay, we'll say gypsies. I, yeah. for-
0: okay, okay. Go ahead, guys. <laughs> gypsies. I, I, I'll tell the story a different time. I'm exhausted. So, anyone else got something to say? No, no, tell the story. Right, okay. Sorry. We were just making All sure right. to offend people. Okay. So, I was first exposed to um, squatters when I was like 10 years old, and I was in Highland Park, Illinois. There was a very, very nice house that a guy owned, and he vacated it for like a year, and he went to sell it. Uh, a homeless guy broke in. And started living there. And he didn't know it for the first like 35, 40 days. And it took him literally years to get him out. He just lived in the house. Couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. And so And so is his house. And yeah. literally had to go to the court and it got like delayed because squatters' rights at that time were like, Yeah, if you live there long enough, it's your house. <laughs> That's so terrible. Yeah. And so I, Isn't that unbelievable? It, 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 it just total goes trespassing. To to my not, it, I mean, this is gonna this is gonna grow by the way, with all the illegals and stuff. They're gonna start breaking into people's vacations homes. And being like it's my house oh yeah and this is part of it They'll, you know
3: what like, they can get those it's,
1: pro bono. it's also it's it's covid and the housing just the housing crisis that we're in right now so as people aren't able to afford properties or like banks and blackrock and other things aren't going to be able to afford to, to up maintain their properties and then they can't rent them out so you're going to have all these uh, properties that people speculated on for rentals that are just going to sit open. People are going to move right in, and and you're supply the way you can go on TikTok right now. I saw this in the New York Post that uh, there there are like tutorials on how to target a house for squatting, and like there are guys who just do this.
3: It's there's incredible. even there's literally cases where they'll they'll scope out houses that are for sale, and then people will fake lease them to people, and then get them in there long enough that they'll have squatters rights. And then the person who actually sold them the lease just skips town.
2: The Chinese may not even need to buy up our land anymore. They can just send in a bunch of squatters.
3: Yeah. Yep. CCP. Our own The CCP. We're (laughs) going to get TikTok. It'll be TikTok videos. Here's how to fly to Mexico. Here's how to cross the border. Here's what you tell them. Here's how you apply for the $15,000 a year credit card. New York will give you. Here's how you get housing. You just break into this place. Here's the NGO that you will call that will give you free legal representation. Uh, against these poor saps who are stuck trying to evict you. Yeah. And uh, here's this giant corporate law firm that'll chip in. Here's their pro bono program. Here's the NGO to call. Yeah. Get in trouble. And
0: just, it, it truly is a vast apparatus. All right, I want to close with a tease. Uh, we have made the decision we are going to stre- stream live on Tuesday for Super Tuesday. Um, so hopefully, I, try, I think Trump's going to win every state. And that will just be kind of fun to watch and see and go through all the states. And also just kind of talk about different political dynamics in each of those states as it comes in. What are the Super Tuesday states, by the way? Oh, they um, change every time. There's a bunch. So uh, A couple moves this year. Let, let's go through the list um, really quick, because I think it'll be really fun to kind of do that and make a 2024 preview. Uh, I think the stream will do really well. Uh, and, I, I mean, will Nikki Haley even win a I state? know
1: Virginia, off the top of my head, Virginia, Alaska, California, Vermont. I'll go through them in order. Alabama, Alaska,
2: Arkansas, California, Colorado. Wow, California uh you have uh dc is a few days before so that that's that
0: shifted idaho's a few days before uh vermont utah Maine, virginia tennessee minnesota do you think do you think nikki could surprise in california i don't think so no they they, they, trump, they love trump in california
3: the, the california republican party is actually pretty
0: very right, right, right wing, wing. Yeah. they're just they only get it's a uh, winner the take all now, right <laughs> hey, the question is is andrew voting in the california primary on tuesday that's the question oh snap Got to put, he says. Oh, he's yeah. not here, but he's gonna put on his MAGA hat. And he's gonna go vote for Trump. I love that. So, Andrew, I
1: know you're just in the chat, but producer Andrew, do you do you actually vote in California general elections, or do you just not waste your time?
3: Yeah, he he does. Like, yeah, okay, he does. Yeah. Right. now the real question is: Does all does right. he vote in the races that don't matter at all? Does he show up to get massacred in the Santa Barbara Why local not? elections?
0: <laughs> Why not? I love it. So
2: it, it it's fun to you know what I do. I uh, I tell everyone. You want to make sure your ballot counts. Find a race you don't care about and write in a random name so you can always go back when uh, they hand count the ballots. That's
0: exactly right. And check if it uh, if it worked. Or not. I have like three of your friends do the same thing, like write in Harry Potter for the uh, water commissioner, and you would know it should at least have four votes.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Everybody, see you on Super Tuesday. What a great episode that was. Subscribe to the podcast, both Jack Posobics and mine, Human Events. And Charlie Kirk, and we'll see you guys tomorrow uh, on the Charlie Kirk Show, or see you next week. Keep keep committing thought crimes. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless.
3: For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.